Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More, a podcast presented by Bristol Studio. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and I'm joined by my co-host, Vic Law. What's good? Vic, you have now played 10 games in the NBL, I believe. Is that right? Nope. Eight. Eight. Okay. Eight games. There you go, Jake. What's some cool? There we go. (laughs) (laughs) What has that been like? How are you feeling now that you've been playing in that league? Talk us through what that experience has been like. Um. I think I've, you know, I've really enjoyed uh, the NBL thus far. Uh, you know, I keep getting asked a question. Everyone wants to know, like, what's the difference between NBL and NBA? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't know, like, that's like the main question people keep asking. And I would just say that both leagues are incredible in their own rights, right? Like, the NBL is uh, much more, like, I feel like they put a lot more emphasis on physicality and team play. Like every night, you you know you're gonna get like a, a war with teams, right? Like no team lays down. Every team plays hard, night after night. And a big reason I think is uh, just because like there's only 30 games, as opposed to the 82 or 100 you might play in the NBA. Uh, but you know the NBA has its own star power. Every team is well coached. Like you just come in every night, and you you know you, you can expect it to be a fight, like, you know what I'm saying? In the NBA, I'm not saying that those teams don't play hard, but in the NBA, it's much more they, they individualized. Take nights than, off. Yeah, maybe, like, during the middle of the year, you know, you might have a game here or there, but the NBA is a superstar league, right? right. You have your stars, and uh, that's the show. Whereas I feel like the NBA, NBL is a team game, more, more of a team game, like more emphasis on running offense and getting all five guys involved. How many teams are there in the NBL again? It's like it's a uh, nine, nine, nine. They're adding a team, so it'll be t- ten next season. But right now, it's just nine. Do you play every team like three times? Is that how it's set up? Or yeah, so you play every team like four times? I was telling somebody the other day. You know how hard it is to beat a team four times. No, especially if you're playing them in like a like a short amount of time. It's yeah. crazy. Is that what's that like? What's that been like seeing some of these teams like multiple times so early and? And then you guys have played like the it was the how do you say it? Illawarra Hawks? Yeah. I got that right. Illawarra, you said it right. Yeah. What's it like playing teams like that? Uh in, in that shortened schedule um versus mm-hmm. like what it was like to play in the NBA. You know, you see teams maybe a, a couple times like over a long stretch of time or in your yeah. conference. Uh what's it like kind of playing in that smaller pool of teams um and, and seeing teams more consistently? Right. Well, it kind of brings you back to college, right? Like this season and schedule is similar to college. You play a game and you get like four days in between to like rest, practice, and like scout for it. So you you really like are are coming into every game like well prepared, like well rested. Like you're coming in every game, you know, trying to win. You know what I mean? Like whereas opposed to like say like an NBA or even NBA playoff, like the games are like right on top of each other. So you almost yeah. have to manage every game smartly. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard, man. Like, the is a good team, and we played them two times already. We'll play them on Friday, and then we have to play them two more times outside of the uh, NBL Cup. So, 
you'll get a, a, a good sense of familiarity with uh, these different teams. And like you just start to pick up on things. It's almost as if you don't even have to do scouting or uh, because you should know them mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point. What is traveling like in the NBL? Uh, obviously mm-hmm. in the NBA, you're on the road a lot. You're probably, right. you're flying, you know, private plane, you're flying on a private plane yeah. with a team. Um, you kind of, everything is catered to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you walk us through what the experience is like traveling on an NBL team versus the NBA yeah. experience? So um, on, the, on the NBL, you travel just commercial. You know, you're kind of flying out with the general public. Uh, although the NBL does a really good job of trying to keep us spaced out and away from the public as much as they can just with COVID. Uh, but the flights that I've been on, you know, standard flights, uh, that we're in exit row and we're kind of like all for the extra leg staff room. are kind of all together. Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of all together. So we travel with a group of maybe 15, I'll say like, let's just keep it around. I'm like 15, 16. And so most of us are all together. Whereas opposed to the NBA, you know, you have your whole yeah. travel group and you're on your own private plane flying in and out of the, like these chartered airports. Um, so they try to get you in and all, oh, you also leave the next day, which I think is kind of cool. So, Mm-hmm. Being in Australia, right, like wanting to experience different cities and, and like places. Like so when we flew in Adelaide, like we played, let's say we played Friday, flew on Thursday, played Friday, didn't leave until Saturday morning. So you technically get a night to kind of like, if you want to mm-hmm. like, you know, view the city, being smart with COVID, you can. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of in bonding with your team, you know, getting to know your mates a little bit better. What's the farthest distance that you have to travel to play a team? Uh, depending on if we have to play Perth or not. Uh-huh. Uh, Perth is a city on in Western Australia, which is across the whole island. So that would be a five-hour flight. That would almost be the equivalent of flying like yeah, to New York to Cali or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so that trip will be a doozy, but uh, Perth is bad. in Sydney. Perth, before the NBL Cup, was in Sydney because of COVID, so they moved to Sydney. Got you. And now that you've been playing in Australia, have you had any experiences when, when you're flying or, you know, out with the general public? Have people been noticing you, kind of coming up to you? Uh, have you had any interesting interactions or experiences with fans out there? You know what? No. And I think it's hilarious. Like, no one, <laughs> other than the, the obvious fact that we're all tall, yeah. no one gets recognized. It's just like, oh, just another big sports team. Oh, <laughs> Whatever. This is normal. Like, it's funny that there's, like, no, like, you don't got to worry about being, like, rushed Chase to get spoken to or sign anything. Yeah, like, it's just very chill. Like, you can go out in a coffee shop and order, you know, coffee or do whatever, and you're just, like, number four in line. Like, it doesn't That's mean it. anything that you play on the sports team. No one's taking any pictures so with cool. you. No. no one cares. You're yep. just one of the one of the guys. There's a regular draw here. Man. What is that like for you? Because you've obviously played in the Big Ten – and I'm sure you got a lot of attention back then and playing in the NBA just by being in the NBA, people naturally want to associate with you, come up to you, mm. take pictures, all that stuff. What, what, how does that feel now being in a new league and in a, in a whole new place? And you're just like one of the, you're just one of the people. Right. Well, you know, I'm still a small fry anyway, dude. Like I'm, yeah, as I had in college, like people will come up and try to take pictures or ask about the games or whatever. And even in, Obviously in the NBA, but like it, I'm happy, you know, in Australia, I'm happy with how the organization is run and like the fans support. It's cool. Like, you know, you're just playing 
right? You don't have to worry about any yeah. outside factors or distractions that come along with it, like you're just going and playing. And some, I know some guys, like, want all of that, but, man, I'm perfectly content just kind of going, staying in my lane, going to my apartment, playing my PS5, getting out, getting my groceries, man, and then going and playing the games. So does that feel kind of more like a return to the love of the game that, you know, uh, got it all started kind of earlier on in your career in high school or middle school? Is that because it kind of feel like you're kind of back in that that space? I wish. Man, Jake, <laughs> the love of the game goes out the window when money gets on the table. When you're playing yeah. for that contract or whatever, like, amount of money you make, as much as you can say, man, I, I, I love basketball and I love sports. When you start getting paid for it, it it's turns different. into a whole different world of yeah. I got to get this money now. But that's why I didn't pursue my NBA careers because I wanted to keep my love of the game. Well, I thought it was a, a knee injury or something that took you out. No, no, no. It was. It was I walked <laughs> away. I walked away from the game on my own. You let it go. On my own too. Mm. Exactly. I had to <laughs> let it go. But for you, um, I know that the NBA is still the dream, and that's still right. where you want to be. And you have a lot. You know, obviously, you're still what, you're 24. You're 24 now? 25. Just 25, 25 now. man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're getting old. Out of time. No, but – but <laughs> how, so how is that? You know, you're, you're in this league. You're focused on your opponents. You're focused on what you need to do, how you need to execute as a professional basketball player. Um, what's that – is that in the back of your mind, returning to the NBA? Um, how are you managing what the task at hand and also your future playing you know, opportunities player. and all that? Yeah, how, right. how are you navigating that? To my, but to the best of my ability, I, I would want to say that I'm not worried about any of it, that I'm just playing. But obviously, as a human, we all like it's always in the back of your head that you want to produce, you want to play well, so that your next opportunity is one that's better than the one that you have in front of you. But in all honesty, the NBA is great and the NBA has all its perks and wonders. But I just want to go somewhere and play where I'm happy, where it's a good situation, whether that be in the NBA, Australia my mom's backyard i don't want to go where i'm comfortable have stability and i can like continue to build and grow as a man and a basketball player like the nba has all of these great things and it also has like downfalls like i'm not like so stuck on yeah i just gotta play in the nba i gotta get back and play in the g league like i'm not gonna miss my blessing just because i'm so single-minded like i'm just gonna play right now and continue to be happy and produce where i can take it one day at a time and then when all that, like, after it all unfolds, like, I'll keep my options open and choose what's best for me. Yeah. Is, is part of that, you know, process or thought process, is it about where you feel, you know, you said you, where you feel happy um, and at home kind of, how much does that have to do with, like, the opportunity to play? Is it, is it about right. finding the right system? Is it about being given the opportunity to actually be out there and execute. What are the mm-hmm. things that you're really looking at when you're thinking about uh, what you just described? Right. Well, I think it all comes back to like, you have to be wanted wherever you are. Like they have to want and believe in you. Any team that believes in you is going to inherently play you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're going to figure a way out like that utilizes your best, like your skills to your best of ability, to the best of your ability. You know what I mean? Like if a right. team wants you, they obviously have some kind of vision in mind or roadmap of how they want to use you. But you shouldn't go to a situation or a team where you're just kind of an afterthought or you're just like, you're just another number, right? Like you want to go somewhere 
where you're wanted, where they're going to believe in you, try to utilize you, try to get you better. You know what I mean? Because then it works both for the organization and for the player. Like, yeah. it just is a better situation for like, your mental health, like your, your career. It's just all around better. How do you discern when an, uh, when an organization is being upfront and honest with you versus being deceitful, mm-hmm. right? So if, if you meet with a team and they tell you, you know, right. oh, we believe in you, we want the best for you, but you know at the end of the day it's a business, right? And, and you, mm-hmm. they can say – teams say things and they actually have you know, an agenda, that, a hidden agenda. Right. They have something they're trying to do that you don't know about, they're not upfront about. How can you – best navigate that and be careful about you know their agenda but also make sure that you are um, keeping yourself uh, you know at the most important place of making sure that everything is mm-hmm. right for you you know you want to do what's best for the team but at the end of the day it's about you and your growth as a, and development as a player and as a human so right. how do you do that and that's the tricky part right like no one knows because they can look you in the face and then still be lying to you and at the end of the day you're right man it is a business like they have to win they have to get, still get paid. Like their job is winning, right? Like, and if you aren't a part of winning or they don't think you can help them move in that direction, then they're then they're going to move in a different one. And I think that's just all about building trust with your point of contact with the coaching staff, with the front office. Like you just got to go somewhere. And then on the flip side, like you have to be able to hold yourself accountable to playing a certain way. Like you can't go somewhere, even if you're wanted and they believe in you, all of that, and you like lay an egg. Right, like, like you yeah. have to be a pro at some point and just say, look, man, I'm going to go in here and play as hard as I can, give you everything that I've got. At the end of the day, like, you, it still doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. But all you can control is what you can control, right? And you have to be able to willing to, to have the, the right work ethic, the right attitude, and the right sense of intensity coming day in and day out and do your job. I think that's an important, important point you just brought up. And I was actually having this conversation with someone today about you know some friends in the nba and and work ethic right and Mm -hmm. things that you develop as a part of your work ethic that keep you professional Uh, are there things that you have that you've picked up that you do that that kind of keep you on track you know because obviously Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you want to have fun you're young you you want to enjoy your life but you also have built up a work ethic that you value Mm -hmm. um, and keeps you on track what are some of those things that are part of your process so one thing I, I value, you know, over a lot of things is just my work ethic. Like you said, like I think I'm going to outwork a lot of the people that like I'm going to go up against. And from that simple fact, I have confidence in my game. Are right? you like the and first person in the gym before everybody's there? Or are you, you know, you staying after practice or are you doing like, like extra? I'm that, like, nah, I'm, so are you doing extra, you know, weight sessions? There, or... But yeah, so a lot of times I will be the first one there, but. Man, I'm I'm in there like when I'm in there, I'm in there grinding. I'm last one out. I'm making sure like my shit is right because when you look at it, like my teammates are the ones that go over ten or you know whatever. Like it's me. Like and that yeah. and that's something that I can control. Like I got to make sure I'm in there getting my sweat equity up so that when when it really comes down time to do something, that I'm ready to do it. Right. I also think another another like big part of basketball but also life that I learned just along the way and I forget you know where I where I got it uh, from just from reading and like looking at other stuff and being observant is uh don't compare yourself to anybody and that your path is your path you know like you have to be willing to accept your journey and not compare yourself to someone else's journey 
because once you start comparing, then it just like it just totally messes you up. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yep, it just totally messes you up. And I saw an Instagram post today from the P image, which was kind of retweeted by Jordan Ash, is that someone else may be on chapter twenty while you're on chapter two, and that doesn't mean you'll never get to chapter twenty, but that just means you're in two different stages of your life right now, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing. And confident in yourself that yeah, patience is key and that you will keep growing, keep evolving, and eventually get to that point, right? Like, it never stops. Like, you're never going to be the same as you were today. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to continue to go, continue to enjoy every moment. Because when it's all said and done, I'm sure there's a lot more said, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be a lot more that you've done that you're thinking like, ah, I would have never done that or I thought I would have never had a chance to do that. Then when you look back on it, you're like, man, and I really like, you know, did some things that I'm proud of. And if you get caught up in the moment of, I'm not doing this right now, I'm not doing that right now. Why is this guy getting all of that? Then it's just gonna like halter you from what your true potential could be. Yeah, and if you're too caught up, like you said, if you're too caught up in what other people are doing, you're never actually gonna be able to reach that point yourself because that means right. your your energy and your focus is in the wrong place. Absolutely. Um, but- You've been in Australia for how long now? Two or three months? Three months? I got here December 10th. So December 10th. Over three months. Two and a half. About two and a half. Yes. December 10th. Oh, God, I don't know what day it is. Over over two months. Over two months. Um, What is something that you would tell yourself if you were looking back on that the first day you got to Australia? What is something that you would tell yourself, some advice you would give yourself that you know now? Uh, to just enjoy it, you know, I, I think when I first came in, you know, I thought, like, I just got to come in here. Every game I have to play so, so well. Like, just don't put in pressure on it. Just go out there, play hard, enjoy this. Because not a lot of people get to come to Australia in the first place. Like, enjoy your time here. Enjoy, like, every day. Because every day literally is a blessing. Like, just being here is something to be happy about. So just enjoy it. Don't put any stress or pressure on yourself. Go out there, play, and just trust the work and the process that you have already put into it. That's good advice. Is there anything else you want to get across on this episode? Oh man, the Lakers don't look. The Lakers look like they're in trouble. <laughs> Tiger Woods got in a bad car accident today. Did you read about that? Yep, yep, I heard about it. Oh, it's kind of crazy. I wonder. Like, I'm praying for him. You know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. I'm hoping Tiger comes back. But you just got to think like. Yeah two broken yeah. legs and a broken ankle is he gonna be yeah. able to play golf again it's tough but you know he's a he's a rare individual so hopefully he'll be able to mm. make a full recovery and get back to the game that he loves um and so will my lakers they'll be just fine they will be just fine i'm not concerned i'm more concerned about your bears <sighs> not i'm more concerned are. about your bears finding a quarterback i also think like what what do you think uh in this question for you what do you think sports is gonna look like because i i'd still think you know Especially in America, COVID has still has its grips on the old U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to me to, to still like just wonder when and like if are like sports ever going to go back to normal? You know, I think like so, we. I'm hoping personally. the vaccine. They've started letting yeah, fans. Yeah, I think so at some point, but I mean, yeah, I don't know when that is, but they started letting fans, right. in, which is sooner than I anticipated. So, right, it seems like we're trending in that direction, but we will see. Time will tell. Has a uh, are the numbers going down in California? Yeah, it's been going down, I believe. Uh, I think quite a bit, but I honestly 
haven't been i haven't been as tapped into it i mean i've just right. you know just been trying to do what i can and, and control what i can control so that's kind of been mm-hmm. what i've been focused on but i uh, i appreciate you taking the time to jump on this with with me and and looking forward to tapping in again as you continue your journey in australia always boss appreciate you This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio, sound editing by Rashad Allen, music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.